On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, call the jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam, put him in the hole of fame. Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. What more, more y'all want me to prove, man? Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going. You do I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome to Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Hit us up there, your texts, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Another great day to be a Bulls fan. The Bulls pick up another win against a kind of a shitty Rockets team, if I'm going to be quite frank, Matt. Uh, without Victor Oladipo, without Christian Wood, without DeMarcus Cousins, uh, that team isn't very good. They had lo- losers of now eight straight. Good for the Bulls to pick up a win. Good for to see Kobe White bounce back. And we'll get into uh, everything that went into this win. But first and foremost, man, how are you? Jordan, what's up? What's up, Bulls Nation? Uh, nice to see the Bulls put down uh, a team that was in shape for being put down. You know, I mean, wouldn't Oladipo were, really led them in the Bulls-Rockets game back in January? They, those two combined for 62. So without those guys, I was I was expecting the Bulls to not only win, but win handily, and I'm glad they did just that. But before we get to this Rockets-Bulls recap, Jordan, there was some squirrely business going on on Bulls Twitter this morning, especially uh, about a couple of Bulls podcasts. And uh, we've, we've got to talk about this, man. we got to air this shit out. See, this is what happens when, you, when you're not bad enough to have anything to truly complain about what's going on on the floor. So then everybody turns to each other, which... Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of I get there's a lot of people fans of our podcast and might not be fans of other Bulls podcasts, but uh, I'm staying out of it, man. Everybody can have their own opinion. That's cool with me. But we love shout out to all the Bulls podcasts out there. We like everybody that's work works in this industry, works on the Bulls beats uh, and more specifically. Yeah, I guess there was some chop up between somebody that likes our podcast that doesn't like Bulls talk. Right. So in case you missed it or in case you're not a Twitter person is basically what went down. You know, our good friends over at the Bulls Talk podcast, um, which is all people who are not only colleagues of ours, but friends of ours. Jason Goff, Casey Johnson, Rob Schaefer, Tony Gill, uh, you know, Kevin Anderson, who do an amazing job with that podcast, uh, posted a new episode and some clown replied saying, this is trash, I'll never listen to it again, Locked on Bulls is way better. Okay, we appreciate 
all of our loyal listeners and any of you out there who listen to this show regularly because you like what Jordan and I do and the content we provide about the team that you love, that's great. And we, and we love y'all for it. But don't don't put us into a fight that we don't want to be a part of. Don't drag us into something and prop us up while you're trying to tear down somebody else. Somebody else who, like I just said, is not just a colleague of ours, but friends of ours. Back with Tony Gill, who was the producer of that podcast, was at 670 doing no zones. Jordan and I were guests on his podcast. Jason Goff, Casey Johnson, Rob Schaefer, they've all been guests on this podcast. We're friends. All of us that do Bulls podcasts, the Cash Considerations guys, Buzz and the Bulls on Tap crew, uh, you know, Salim and, and Edward over there at Bulls Gold. Even even Fred and his and his big red bus. We're all friends, man. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> trying to pit us against each other. It's just ridiculous. It's what happens, man. Hey, I'm all as long as you don't start personally attacking people. That's where it's like, all right, I'm done. I'm done interacting. If you want to fight about a Bulls topic, you want to fight about go back and forth about a player, that's cool. I'm I'm totally down for arguments. And you're allowed to light us up here at 331-979-1369 if you want to. But keep it respectful, you know? If you don't like something, keep it moving. That's how I feel. But hey, I'm not going to tell people how to, how to how to feel, how to act, how to live. Whatever you want to do, you do your thing. Because we got another, got another listener in our mentions too. Like, I don't know. There's people out here that have been listening to our podcast for three years now Matt and uh, I don't know I would say the majority of those that have stuck with us for the last handful of years would not say that uh, that we have been staunchly advocating for Zach Levine to be dealt or not be the best player on this team or saying other guys are best player on this team I don't know we just got some wild takes in Bulls Twitter today man all kinds of smoke yeah shout out to uh, shout out to the guy who was talking to us about being Levine haters earlier this morning I don't understand Um, it uh, okay, there, there's, there is some truth to what he was saying in that you and I have always also been believers in Lowry Markkinen. And over the past several years, since the Jimmy Butler trade, have talked about who will be the best player to come out of that trade, who should be the face of this franchise. And at a point in time in the past, I think myself and probably also you were hoping that what we saw from Lowry's rookie year could propel him to be a better player than Zach Levine. And we probably had conversations like that years years back. I don't think we've had a conversation like that anytime recently. And as I pointed out to him on Twitter, you and I were sitting here on this podcast, you know, whatever that was, three years ago, saying, yeah, the Bulls matching that, you know, offer sheet from the Kings to keep Zach, probably a pretty good decision. Dude looked like he was, you know, better than ever coming off a torn ACL has a huge upside, still very young, and you're paying him less than $20 million annually over a four-year contract. That's probably a good decision. Lots of Bulls fans and people in the media were talking about that being a bad decision. Well, look where we are now. I mean, I guess I have my calling card and my task for the day, right? It's to go back and listen to a handful of our older episodes and pull some Levine cuts where we're actually talking about him from two years ago about being the the face of this team. Man, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. I'll have to pull the poll, too, because I remember us running a poll, specifically Zach Levine retweeting this poll, man. I remember this. I still have the screenshots from it, uh, comparing, saying, who's going to have the better career right now? This is over two years ago. Zach Levine or Devin Booker, and staunchly Devin Booker was voted higher than Zach Levine. Um 
other things too, like not wanting to want to pay him and, and fans saying, ah, not let him walk to Sacramento, those types of things. Look, just because we want Lowry Markkinen to develop into the best player he can be, that has nothing to do with Zach. Zach can only help him now. And hey, everybody, I'm cool with you changing your opinion or you being proved wrong. I've admitted a hundred times that I've been wrong. I say some pretty stupid things, but I wouldn't say something as stupid as saying Zach Levine is is not the best player on this team or Lowry Markkinen's going to be a better player than Zach is right now because that would just be idiotic. Yeah, and I, I think the other point that he was trying to make is that you and I, or you or I, at some point in the past, had brought up the the concern that Zach's heavy usage and Zach being the ball dominant player and and the big shooter and the guy getting up all the shots was in some way impeding the development of Lowry, who clearly, as we have readily addressed several times, is a less aggressive player certainly has been through the first part of his NBA career and that you and I took issue on nights, especially last season when you know who just turned Lowry into a ghost of his, of his former self. There, there would be nights where, yeah, uh, Zach got up his 22 to 25 shots and Lowry had eight and you and I would sit here and say, okay, that, that, that ain't good. Like we love Zach and Zach is good and he is our best player. But at, like, it, if we're going to actually try to invest in Lowry and turn him into the player we think he could be, that we hoped he could be, you ain't going to get there when Lowry's putting up eight shots a night. And I think maybe that is something that that he was referring to when it came to us talking about Lowry versus Levine. See, that's a good point you're bringing up, too, because I think Zach has realized this, too. He's like, Zach realizes he's not going to win games by shooting the ball 26 to 30 times a night. Uh, sure, you're going to put up 40, 35, 40 points a night, but you're still going to lose games. I think he's realized, too. Look at, we, we've talked about it so many times over the last couple of months. Who's the best player Zach Levine has played with throughout his career so far with the Bulls? It's been Thaddeus Young. Uh, imagine having a player twice the caliber in skill set of Thaddeus Young and having somebody that's equivalent to what Zach Levine's talent is. We've never seen that before. So I do give I do give credit to Zach Levine for being more of an efficient player this year. I think that's something that he's grown into because you look at his shot totals and you look at his numbers, man, they're not that far off. He took just a slight step back in, in terms of shots per game and where he was taking his shots, but he's been more efficient and he's picked his spots better. Uh, that's something that I think you and I should get into maybe during the first half break is talking about shot selection just from Zach Levine because I think it's remarkably improved. Maybe not so much in the last five or so minutes of games, but I think throughout the extension of a 48-minute game, I think he's picked his spots in great detail, and it's actually helped guys like Lowry Markin and, and Wendell Carter and Kobe White improve too. So yeah, again, just because we talk about Lowry becoming his best version of himself has not has nothing to do with Zach. Zach is an all-star. Zach is his own dude. Zach is on his, uh, a completely different level than any other Bulls player on this team. Today's episode of Locked Up Bulls is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. 
Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. That rockauto.com catalog is unique and super easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Jordan, I I I uh, was looking for a 20-point win. Honestly, against that against that depleted Rocket squad that I believe had lost seven in a row coming into Monday night against the Bulls. At some point, this this Bulls team has to go from just handling bad teams and and you know winning more than they lose to bad teams to actually like trouncing bad teams, really bad teams. So I don't know about you, but you know more so than any of the individual performances that we could talk about. I was just glad that as a team, the Bulls saw a team that came in limping and put their foot, their collective foot on their necks. And especially that third quarter said, nah, this we're not going to let this one be close. The only person that was in the Bulls' way at one point was David Nwaba. I mean, the dude was all over the place. And uh, yeah, I- I'm with you. It's weird because we haven't had this feeling in a long time. At least I haven't had this feeling about a Bulls game in a very long time, Matt, where I'm coming into it and I'm like, I'm not even remotely concerned about the Bulls losing this game. Uh, seeing Victor Oladipo out, seeing Christian Wood out, seeing DeMarcus Cousins out, and also the the supporting cast that that Rockets team has, I'm, I was like, okay, contain John Wall, make sure John Wall doesn't go off for 40, and you're good. Just like you said, this is the first time in a really long time I felt like comfortable, like going into a game and not like nervous or here's another way the Bulls are going to find a way to lose or I know the Bulls are already not going to win this game. So let's just try to pick apart some of the positives. It was like, no, I know the Bulls are going to come into this game and win it. Now let's see in what fashion that they're winning games and how they're closing it. And just a little bit of a scare in that first and second quarter where the Bulls got out to a massive lead and then they let the Rockets come back. Outside of that, man, this was this was an open and shut case from basically basically get go what did you take away from either from the bulls perspective or was it just a case of the rockets are just that awful yeah i I mean the rockets are that awful so you shouldn't be jumping for joy about a win but like i said you should be pleased that the bulls actually put a significantly inferior team in their place um and, and i was a little bit worried Towards the back end of the first quarter, after the Bulls had built that lead, the Rockets cut it down, continued to shave it down in the second quarter, and the Bulls were only up, what, I think six at halftime? And I was like, uh-oh. If the Bulls have one of those patented Bulls third quarters, uh, we could be in for an uncomfortably close fourth quarter that should not be close. But instead, I loved how the Bulls responded. I loved Billy Donovan's rotation in the third quarter, and that unit, that played a significant portion of the third quarter, which was, you know, unfortunately, uh, Kobe missed a good portion of that third quarter because at the beginning of it, he had that, you know, he got elbowed in the face trying to contest a shot at the rim and then, like, crashed into the stanchion. It was shaken up. But so it was Zach Levine and then a bunch of the vets for a good portion of that third quarter. Zach Levine, Sato, Temple, 
Um, and then the rookie P-Dub and Thad. And that unit picked the Rockets apart with their ball movement, with their off-ball cutting. You had, you know, uh, the the law offices of uh, uh, Sato and Young, as Stacy would put it, with the chemistry that Thad and Sato have developed. You had Zach making off-ball cuts and Thad finding him with beautiful bounce passes. And they were remarkably efficient. I think they made like 15 of 19 field goal attempts or something crazy like that in that quarter. A season-best 46-point quarter. It was awesome to see the Bulls come out of halftime like that after letting a little bit of uncomfortable closeness kind of creep back into the Rockets in the second quarter. Somebody that deserves a lot of credit, man, and I'm not going to give it to him for shooting. He's found his stroke again. At least it seems like he has over the last week or so. But man, we got to give some credit to Kobe White and his rebounding ability. Like, I don't think that that's something we've talked about nearly enough, but the dude has had six plus rebounds in half of the games in February alone. He had 10 again last night. When he's having off night shooting, man, he's really taking the word of Billy Donovan and finding other ways to be productive and helping this team out and keeping himself on the floor. And one of those has been rebounding. The Bulls have been a terrible rebounding team all year. I- I'm pretty sure they're bottom five in rebounds per game uh, among their, the cl- their defensive rebounded percentage should have actually been surprisingly good compared to what I would have expected. Um, it just on, on certain nights, it just seems like they can't get a freaking rebound to save their life. Especially when you're playing bigs like Embiid or you're playing somebody like, uh, take for example the Suns with Aiden, anybody that's got an elite level rebounder, it seems like the Bulls struggle mightily with that. You don't have an elite level rebounder, at least yet. You hope Carter can be that guy one day. But again, to have a guard attacking the rim the way that Kobe has and grabbing these rebounds, I think is something that he deserves some credit for too, man. And I'm interested to see how that develops throughout his career. Now all of a sudden, is he going to be a a guard that can put up 15, 6, and four if he can do that man I mean Kobe is finding out quickly in his young career that there are like what Billy Donovan said at the beginning of the season when he was struggling with the shot there are other ways you can contribute in a big way I think Kobe's kind of finding that out with uh, his ability to stay around the rim and grab these rebounds and be a little bit scrappy on the nights that shots aren't falling yeah I mean, it does help that the Rockets' tallest player, I think, is like P.J. Tucker. Like, you know, Oh, 100%. The, the Rockets have one of the worst rebounding. Uh, they give up, some, I think they're one of the top three teams in the league in giving up opponents' rebounds per game. So, yeah, it's it's not very good. Right. I, the the tallest active player for the Rockets last night was uh, Rodion's Kuruks, who played 10 minutes off the bench and is six foot nine. Nobody in their starting lineup was taller than 6'6", which I think is funny. You know, I want to talk about Wendell a little bit too, Jordan, that Wendell saw an opportunity to actually be a guy who could bully, uh, you know, uh, in the the paint. Because usually we're talking about Wendell giving up size to his opponents in the in the front court. We just saw him, you know, fight for his life against Joel Embiid a few nights ago. Uh, and usually six nine Wendell is not saying "ooh free cheese" when he's going up against you know our opponent's front court. But against this six six and shorter Rockets team, I was glad to see Wendell, you know, assert himself early. That's a good point, man. And uh, P-Dub had a really good night, too. So we should touch on him a little bit. And 
Oh, what more is there to say about Zach? Zach had a phenomenal, phenomenal third quarter again and basically closed the book on any type of Rockets comeback. And we could talk a little bit more about that in a second. But first, want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. We got so damn close yesterday, Bats. I thought Kobe, had Kobe not knocked his head on that layup attempt coming out of the second half and had to get removed from the game for almost a quarter, I think we yeah. would have hit it, man. I think we would have hit the 30 points for Kobe and the eight assists for Zach Levine. Yeah, I mean, so close, man. Um, 24 is what Kobe finished with, um, but he was he was knocking him down. He was four of seven from downtown, 10 of 16 overall. You're right, man. Maybe if he doesn't uh, sustain that injury early in the second half, uh, you know, he would have hit that over. And Zach uh, only finished with six assists. Uh, but, you know, fortunately... That's, I think, largely because early in the fourth, Donovan was like, okay, Zach, you're done. Especially because there was that scary moment where it looked like Zach kind of banged knees and every Bulls fan you know, held their collective breath like, oh, my God, please tell me Zach didn't just get hurt at the back end of a meaningless game. They were actually winning by a lot instead of losing by a lot. The Bulls fans have PTSD about that kind of shit, right? So um, I did like, though, that three of those six to six for Zach – came in the first quarter before I believe the dude even took a shot. And I think that that is something that Zach has gotten so much better at this season is trying to feel out what the opponent's defense is doing. Okay, what what are they giving us? What are they trying to take away? And getting his teammates involved before he looks to really put his stamp on the game. And like you said, he was spectacular in that third quarter when the Bulls, as a team, just ran away with this game. Zach had 14 of his 21 in that third quarter, uh, which was wildly efficient. I think he was five of five from the field in that quarter. Uh, 11 of those 14 points came in a stretch under two minutes. Uh, you know, just just dominant Zach with the step back threes and the driving. But the fact that he had three assists before he even took a shot, that's something that we're seeing more and more of from Zach this season. And it is all of his growth on the offensive end. So unfortunately, yeah, if you put in the bet for 30 points for Kobe and eight assists from Zach, we didn't hit last night, but it was pretty damn close. And uh, for a for a $5 bet to win 550 bucks is not bad. And you can do all of that at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline is you covered for all the news, scores, odds, and it's the best place to bet to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts um real quick yeah on wendell it looks like wendell is putting things together and looks like he's coming out here with a little bit of confidence and a sense of purpose too man so it's good to see that as well and like we talked about when we were when he was out for a handful of weeks, uh, you could staunchly tell the Bulls were missing him, not only on the defensive end, just some presence around the rim to be able to rebound too. And that was a big it was one of the biggest flaws, the biggest weaknesses of this team while missing Carter. Uh, you could say that the Bulls are missing a three point threat, consistent three point threat without Lowry, but it's good to see Wendell come back and be as aggressive as he has on the offensive end, man. It's been very refreshing to see. Uh, you know, nothing overwhelming from Wendell last night. Um, you know, especially with that crazily undersized Rockets team, I was kind of hoping for more than 18 and 13, like 18 and 13 is, is better 
than the average Wendell stat line, but at least it was another game, especially in these group of whatever it's been, four or five games since he came back from that thigh bruise, where he has just looked more aggressive and, and more assertive and more confident in what his role is on the offensive end. We, you know, he had the awesome first quarter against the Sixers where he like started five of five from the field, showing a little bit of everything. Um, and again, on Monday night against the Rockets, it's like, okay, if Wendell sees an open look from 15 feet in, he's going to take it. If he sees somebody undersized, if he sees that he has a mismatch, he's going to back him down and he's going to get himself a nice little bunny hook. And he's been knocking him down, fortunately. And then the other part of his game that has really, I think, improved recently, and I can't remember if it was Casey or Rob who wrote about it over at NBC, but that maybe he spent a good amount of time on the shelf rehabbing that thigh, watching how Thad Young operates from the pocket as, you know, the, you know, the small ball five, where he's, you know, once you catch the ball from the pocket, you can look for a backdoor cutter or an off-ball cutter. You can look, do I have a good matchup to put this ball on the floor and attack my one-on-one defender and try and get a look at the rim in the restricted area? Or do I see an open shooter in one of the corners and whip pass to either corner? And that doesn't always lead to a actual assist, but sometimes those corner shooters whip an extra pass to a guy, you know, at the break or just above the break. And, and, and you're getting the hockey assists that aren't counted in the traditional box score, but you can't count those other places if you want to. Just all of those different decision-making things that we're seeing from Wendell in this last stretch of game since he came back, whether he puts the ball on the floor or it's a catch-and-shoot scenario or it's a, okay, who's open and where am I passing it? He just looks like someone who has taken an extra breath and an extra second to analyze the defense on the floor and make the right read. When all of last year, Wendell, anytime he touched the ball, just looked lost, completely lost, didn't know what the hell to do. So that has been encouraging. Uh, Real quick, on just on Patrick Williams, uh, we didn't talk about his effortless half-court shot the other night, but that was absolutely insane, man. And he had a really nice night again. It just seems like... We don't even have to like reference him like a normal rookie, right? It feels like when we've had in the past, either talking about marketing or Kobe or Wendell, and even to some extent this year we're doing it again, is like every game we've talked about good games that they've had and bad. And I'll be honest with you, man. I've just had the expectation all year that P-Dub's going to go out there and be productive and give you 10 to 15 points in a night, anywhere between six and eight rebounds. You're just going to be a steady presence in there. And it's crazy to have to, it's crazy to think that way about the youngest player in the NBA. I'm, I don't even know how to describe what his ceiling is going to be if I feel this way about a guy that's 19 years old. And I'm just, Again, very, very thankful he's on this team, but it's weird to think that that your youngest player in the NBA, the youngest player on this team, feels like a steadying presence for this team this entire year. He's he's just smart, man. He's already so smart for being a 19-year-old rookie. Um, and like Wendell, has just looked more and more confident. Uh, he's eliminating those hesitations. He does still have a couple of those you know, uh, moments where he'll put the ball on the floor and, and not be sure quite where he's going. And maybe it'll be a turnover or a turnover on a, on a bad pass or something like, you know, I think we had a caller about that recently saying, I'm worried about, you know, P-Dub's turnovers. And I kind of laughed it off. Like that's, that's the least of my worries right now. 
he does still have those moments of like, oh, yeah, you're a 19-year-old rookie. You're going to make mistakes. But you're also seeing a much more confident P-Dub in a lot of different areas, whether it be what he sees in transition and opportunity to just put his head down and get past his man and get to the bucket. He's been good. He's been finishing at the rim fairly well. And his catch-and-shoot opportunities. He's eliminating that unnecessary dribble after you know receiving a pass and putting up the shot. Um, and you saw that when the Bulls were going on that torrid run in the third quarter, Pete Up knocked down a couple of threes and they were catch and shoot. Do not hesitate. Let it, you know, let it fly, young son. And I love the fact that Pete Up is now, especially from the corners where he is shooting, I think like above 45% on corner threes so far this season. Hey, man, if you're shooting a 45% clip in the corners, no, no need to hesitate. Catch and shoot. Catch and shoot. I, I love what I've seen from P-Dub recently. And he's not forcing anything, too. He's picking his spots. And like you were talking about, most of them are coming on catch and shoot threes, which is good. And it's crazy. He's got that rainbow three that I've, I don't think anybody has a love shot him, as unique as P-Dub's three-pointer is. It's it's a massive rainbow, but it looks beautiful it's, when it goes it's, in. It's like, you know, it's, it's the boozer rainbow, except he actually <laughs> has a normal basketball jump shot form as opposed to putting his arms and the ball behind his head for two seconds before he shoots it. I, I totally forgot about boozer's dumb shot form and... Dude, I, the the Seaboo's jumper, man. It was weird as shit, but it was lethal. Well, on that note, I think um, we're going to be back later tonight to record an episode. Uh, once we find out whether or not Zach Levine is, in fact, in the All-Star game, they're going to be making those announcements on TNT's broadcast tonight. So we're going to hop on back on the mics later tonight to do a mailbag episode and react to whether or not Zach Levine makes the All-Star game. And I will be honest with you, it will not be a very pleasant episode tomorrow if Zach Levine is left out of this All-Star game, man. That's all I got to say. Uh, I don't think we'll be uh, forced to deal with that. All, all positive vibes, man, speaking into existence. I am very confident that in a few hours we're gonna we're gonna see Zach Levine's name as an Eastern Conference All Star. I feel it, man. And, and oh boy, prepare the war path if he isn't, because I'm gonna be pissed for real. For real, man. It's uh, yeah, and Zach Levine deserves it too. If he gets in tonight, he 100% deserved. So excited to see what the reaction will be there, and uh, let's hope for all good things. You can hit us up with your reaction, though. You want to get on the mailbag episode this week, hit us up at 331-979-1369. Your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. You can email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.